0: Today on A Good Hockey Podcast, we're too busy catching Pokemon to give this podcast 100% of our attention. Or a true intro, so here we are. Welcome back to another episode of a Good Hockey Podcast, you can find fat stacks and speculations. All the good stuff that all you folks want to hear.
1: Uh, anyways, today we're going to be, as I'm sure you can tell by the title, we're going to do another ranking. Trending. Or, uh, trending, rather. We're going to do the Central Division this time.
0: Yeah, we uh, we're, we don't actually remember, but we think we did the Pacific before. I and- just checked We did it. We did the Pacific before, and boy, oh boy, is that a good episode. Uh, you should check it out, because all of our predictions were well thought out. They had rationale. They were reasoned. They were rich decisions. rich, right. ar- Rich arguments. Damn right. Well documented, well researched. And today, we're going to provide you the same insight to the Central Division, which includes teams that are not on the Pacific... And not in the Atlantic or the Metropolitan. Very specific. So today we're going to start with...
1: What, what should we just do from top to bottom with the list we got here?
0: Top to bottom. So first team that we're going to look at... I talk like a Boston guy there. Talk to bottom. Talk to bottom. That was more
1: Australian than
0: anything. Australian. Plain hecky.
1: Put a cup of shrimp on the Bobby. Plain hacky. All right, well, we're going to start with the Chicago Blackhawks. Who... I'll just, decided to rebuild and then Kane and Taze and DeBrinkat. Well, I guess more Kane and DeBrinkat last year said, fuck that. We're not rebuilding. Uh, they're not rebuilding anymore. Quick made, regroup.
0: Yeah, a couple of big changes. They're going to make another stab at a cup run. It seems like they could have a at least a playoff contending team here with Jonathan Taze coming back. They yeah. also bring in Seth Jones. Kirby Doc will be here for the whole season. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, they do treat, trade a couple
1: of big pieces for their future with uh, a first-round pick and Bokvist going over to Columbus Sure. in that Jones trade. But they did upgrade their defense. They signed... Oh God, I can't remember his name right now. He was playing on the Buffalo Sabres. McCabe? I believe it's Jake McCabe.
0: This is a good hockey podcast. They also traded a third-round pick to the Vegas Golden Knights for marc Andre Fleury, And I think that this maybe i don't know that seth jones is the biggest move for this upcoming year i think though that's a huge difference to the defensive core obviously but i don't know that their current goalie before making this move for flurry uh kevin Lankinen. i don't i just don't think that's a guy that makes you a playoff contending team definitely not a guy like mark andre flurry clearly uh is Vezina winner uh, he's getting a little old but he has shown that he can still he has the endurance to play those back-to-back games and besides the it's not like the blackhawks have no one they have kevin Lankinen. yeah and he is old but there's honestly been really no signs of decline
1: as he's aged so i think he'll be fine over there in chicago yeah bring some uh some solid some solid net mining to their team yeah
0: you give another year for de to get better i think kane will probably not have as good of a season as he did last year but i wouldn't be surprised if he did you know, Jonathan Taves, you're probably good for 50, 60-ish points and some great defense. They bring in Tyler Johnson. Dylan Strom has another year to, to
1: develop. Hopefully he can get back to uh, his, I believe it was like his first or second season. He was playing with Jonathan Taves and was on a 70-point pace or something crazy. Yeah. So hopefully he, he can get back to that
0: that pace. I like Khrushchev on the left side here on their third line. So I think there are some really significant moves with this team. They seem to have a complete and competitive top nine that can move around a little bit if need be it's very flexible they have a great looking top four and a pretty nice rounded out top six for their defense a good and, number one totally. a good number a great number one and a really good number two so i think this is a great chicago blackhawks team they're certainly yeah. trending upwards compared to last year also notably andrew
1: shaw is currently injured and not on the lineup but he can easily fit in on that third or fourth line
0: and that team becomes even stronger yeah a little bit a little bit more tough to play against feisty some might say all right next up winnipeg jets i what?
1: would say they're on an upward trend because they only really lost well i guess they oh yeah they only really lost mason appleton pretty much the the major impact player that's leaving this roster they still got their amazing top nine aside from him and they just strengthened up their defensive core by so much
0: yeah in the offseason they re-signed andrew kopp that was really necessary to a fairly team-friendly deal it's only one year but they still got him so that's what's important they bring in riley nash that's not the biggest thing i ever heard of but the most significant changes were to their back end they needed to give hellebuck some help he got kind of fleeced last year and was just overloaded with the amount with the volume of shots and the quality of shots which is why hellebuck's performance his numbers at least uh dipped a little bit last year so this year they decide to give him some more support they bring in brendan Dillon as well as nate Nate Schmidt. schmidt so brendan Dillon is a nice defensive component they have him on the top pairing here i don't know that with his age he'll be able to keep up with those minutes and i don't think it's the biggest thing where you immediately go oh now winnipeg jets are a stanley cup contender but i think that this these changes make them better as a playoff contender definitely a playoff contender i think
1: they're uh, you know top three in their division they're going to be in the playoffs it it just depends on if they're going to get swept or not this year yeah Uh, i do think that their defense is a lot stronger Connor Hellebuck is a Vezna-worthy goaltender, you know. I don't expect him to decline at all into next season, and they're going to be a powerhouse in the Central.
0: Yeah, I'd say trending upwards because they lost in the first round last year, right? Yep, swept by the Oilers. I think they're better than a first-round team with this roster. They're probably still a top 10 in the league team. Oh, for sure. Um, They'll probably lead their division or be close to it, so if not trending up, trending across. I only say trending up slightly up because of these minor additions, which might not really be yeah. the thing to push them over the edge, but they have got better. So it's a trending upwards. Now we're on,
1: We're gonna move on to the Nashville Predators, who I'm not really sure what to think about this team. I guess trending downward, right? They traded Arvidsson. They
0: traded uh, Ellis. They traded. Oh, Arvidsson. traded. They, okay, yeah. They lose. Ed, they lose Ellis and Arvidsson. They bring in Cody Glass. So their defense looks a little bit worse, but it still looks nasty. You know, we've got Dante Frabro who still hasn't fully stepped up. Marman Yossi Ekholm. Yeah, Yossi winning the Norse a couple years ago. Ekholm, every he was hot topic for being traded last year. Everyone wanted to build a piece of him. They only got him for one more year, so it's probably gonna see see how they open up, and then I, they might be doing a fire sale here. Uh, johansson and Duchesne, those contracts yeah. are looking horrible philip forsberg is a fine player michael grant like i just look at these guys and it's it's looking like they are a couple losses away from a rebuild they lose pekka Rene, he retires they bring in david riddick that's not really that sick jose soros is great but he's streaky and i don't see this team as a competitive team neither do i because the forwards are looking real thin even the defense are looking thin and there's too many ifs so i think these guys are probably trending across slash down because it seems like they lost more than they brought in but i don't know that their position as as this sort of bubble team is completely changed they also have concern for the end of the season
1: because philip forsberg and matthias ekholm are on their final years of their current deals and unless Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne can live up to those contracts and start playing like some real 1C, one 2C one C guys, I can see Philip Forsberg uh, and Matthias Eklund walking if they're not traded at the deadline or prior to it.
0: Yes, 100%. I mean, this team really started trending downwards ever since they signed Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Then... I,
1: well, it was Duchesne and Johansson in the same year, right? Or back-to-back years? Something like that. Either way, I, I think the Predators are on a downward trend and I expect that rebuild to hit fairly soon. But I guess we'll have to see when the season opens.
0: Next up, we've got the Arizona Coyotes, who this is not news. They're obviously trending downwards. They are hitting or heading towards their rebuild phase. Yep. It seems like they're actually in their rebuild phase now. It's only a matter of time before Phil Kessel's got to be gone. They'll probably hold on to Clayton Keller throughout this rebuild. Maybe even Christian Fisher, but I don't know. They trade away Oel. They trade away Dvorak, They trade away Garland. They lose both of their goaltenders and don't really bring in anybody
1: who's a bona fide number one guy. So I think the team. I think the
0: plan for this team is to tank. Yeah, they bring in Shane Ghosty Bear. They bring their Soderstrom. Their, their fourth line forward is essentially ex-shitty Vancouver Canucks.
1: Yep. Uh, it's going to be a bad year. Strawman, Soderstrom. Oh, I guess S- Soderstrom they drafted. So, uh, Strawman was coming from Florida on a pretty bad contract. Yeah, just got a bunch of shit contracts. Kind of bottom player guys put together. That team's going to Trending stay. down. They got a lot of first round picks though. They're going to be up soon. But no, yeah, trending down oh, yeah. for this upcoming oh, season. Oh yeah, trending down for this year. The Colorado Avalanche,
0: I almost want to say are trending across, maybe slightly downwards. I agree, 100%. I think this is still one of the most competitive teams in the league. They have some of the best rosters. They're the most one of the most complete teams, and I think they're one of the most likely to make a push for the playoffs. They're probably in the top, or for the Stanley Cup, excuse me. They're obviously a playoff team. I'd say they're still a top four, maybe top five team uh, to compete for the Stanley Cup easily. But uh, yeah, easily can make that argument. You can make the argument that they're in the top two. But I the offseason was hard for the Colorado Avalanche. They lose their starting goalie, Philip Grubauer, because they couldn't re-sign him. They have to spend a bunch of money re-signing their captain, Gabriel Landeskog. They lose Jonas Donskoy in the expansion. Yep. And they have to trade away Graves. They have to trade
1: away Graves and Connor Timmins, who was a pretty promising defense for them. For, defense.
0: for essentially pennies on the dollar for fear of losing them to the expansion draft they bring in Darcy Kemper who has some
1: injury problems
0: who has some injury problems there's going to be a lot of pressure on him and Pavel Franzuz. Um, so we'll see that's a big question mark man big
1: goaltending question mark they do lose Grubauer they didn't want to pay him or they wanted to pay him 5 and he went to Seattle to get 6 or whatever it was but yeah hopefully
0: Antirante uh, can stay healthy So I'd say this is still one of the most complete defensive lineups. It's still some good goaltending. It's an amazing top six, and it's a good forward core regardless. Yeah.
1: It's a a solid top nine, too. Alex Newhook and Tyson Jost are both promising guys. Yeah, and and Njuchikin isn't a nobody. Definitely not. Uh, They bring in Murray from the Devils to fill up that bottom defensive position. He's a solid guy there, too.
0: Next up, we've got the Minnesota Wild, who have just re-signed Kirill Kaprizov, so we could actually do this because without that deal, we can't really yep. say much about this team. Over the off-season, they mostly got up to getting rid of players, namely Zach Parise and Suter. Yep, Ryan Suter. Uh, two big deals they signed a fucking decade and a half ago, or something like that, that they just could not afford. For their roster anymore no Suter getting paid
1: almost eight million dollars at 40 does not sound good for the team some new names i think is was Goligoski always here i believe Goligoski was on the stars and john merrill came over from vegas that's right
0: okay so this is also one of the most complete defensive cores in the league and it's you know i would i really doubt this forward core it reminds me a lot of how i feel About the New York Islanders, Mm. the comparable being Kaprizov and Barzal. I just think Kaprizov is way more skilled. I just I look at this and it's like no one on this lineup. The forward lineup really stands out to me, but I think they're a team that gets it done by committee. I am consistently proven wrong with my expectations for this team. Yeah. I don't know that they've made any changes to the lineup or any of their lineup are like. In an upward trend. So I think that they're and like they got good goalies too, but they didn't make any changes. Maybe Capo is a little bit better for next year. My summarization of all this is the Minnesota Wild are probably trending across. Probably
1: trending across unless Marco Rossi and Matthew Boldy can have impact seasons in their rookie years. Again, Marco Rossi is very confident. He's saying that he's gonna make their lineup out of training camp. And he's more than ready to be a competitive player in the NHL. So if he can step in on their team as another offensive threat alongside Kaprizov, you know, maybe this team is actually trending upwards here.
0: Next up, we've got the St. Louis Blues, who had a little bit of a disappointing season last year. I'm looking at Jordan Bennington. Binnington. He's just the perfect example of a streaky goalie who you don't want to give a contract to. I feel like he's a just over 900 but probably under 910 save percentage average for the rest of his career that's not stanley cup winning numbers that is bubble team slash potentially competitive numbers depending on how better the rest of your team is big story for this team perhaps why they were underperforming last year is they lost their captain their star uh, alex Petrangelo, and instead they they don't want to pay him the big money so instead they pay uh tory krug a little a bit less of money. And yeah, this defense just looks. It looks less, just okay. It looks okay. It's, 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 it's a lot more meh. Colton Pareko didn't have the breakout year last year that everyone was hoping he would to fill that spot for Petarangelo. Mm-hmm. I think some highlights for this team in the offseason is that they managed to keep essentially uh, their entire forward lineup while also bringing in Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich. Yep i think those are huge upgrades to the top six and makes this top six very spooky the top nine is very nice as well you're giving one more year for robert thomas to to develop and then jordan cairo who really started to pop off last year is only gonna continue that trend for this year
1: yeah Tarasenko's not on this lineup that we're looking at and it's been confirmed by the gm that he's going to be starting that season or starting the season in st louis
0: so that's insane that means that you probably have tarasenko on this second line or on that... Whatever. You have Terrence on the top... six. The... Sanford on the third line. Yeah. Something like that. Then you got Sanford, Thomas, Kyra as the third line. That's pretty gross. The defense here, I'm just looking at Colton Pareco, Waiting for him to show if he can step up or not. And I'm looking at Jordan Bennington to see if he will have maybe a bit of a rebound year. I would be surprised with that. But perhaps he will fall through with my prediction and continue to be a meh goaltender.
1: Yeah, they did a great job bringing in uh Pavel Buchnevich for I believe it was just him for Sammy Blay, one for one. It's an insane pickup. Uh by St. Louis, Pavel Buchnevich was one of like the leading goal scorers on the Rangers last season. I have no idea why they would want to make this trade. But you know, if you have Tarasenko and him playing on the first and second lines respectively, that's a lot of scoring threats alongside uh, Peron, Shen, Brennan, Saad, and then O'Reilly. It's a scary top six.
0: It is a good-looking team. I think the experiment with Hoffman last year didn't really work, no. and I think they want—they were missing that power play scoring, so bringing in someone like uh, Pavel Buchnevich is a big improvement. At the same time, they are playing most of last year without Tereschenko. If he's healthy yeah. this year, then that'll really help improve their power play scoring. So I think this team is trending up. I agree. Just because of last year, I think... Oh, yeah, c- compared to last year, this team's definitely trending up. I think from like three years ago when they had just won the Stanley Cup, obviously they're they've gone down a little bit. They lost some of their star or their stars. But um, Yeah, overall, this year upcoming St. Louis Blues, I'm looking for probably some good things. So trending slightly up Yep. a bit more than across. Finally, we've got the Dallas Stars who had an underwhelming season last year after being plagued with injuries. From the goalies to their star forwards as well as their defense intermittently. Over the offseason, they sign Heiskinen to a big ticket, eight and a half million over a fuck ton of years. I don't exactly remember how much. They also bring in Ryan Souter, who was bought out by the Minnesota Wild. You know, last year this might have been the best defensive core in the league i think it still might be and this year i think it just got better so give Heiskin another year to get even better you move klinberg down to the second line jesus christ like this is a powerful powerful defensive line
1: alexiak leaves from the third line to go get paid four something million dollars in seattle but you just bring in yanni hakenpot who does essentially the same thing at just maybe a slightly lower level for you know two million dollars yeah keeps that that line with Sakara intact segan um What's his name second and jamie Banner are back
0: full time hopefully that's the plan that's the plan after missing a lot of time last year i believe that rupe hints was having some inconsistencies with his playability last year it was yeah. like every other game he wasn't able to play so he's a really good player he's about a point a game ish player so if he can sure. play he's gonna put up a lot of numbers jason robertson last year was almost a point a game player in his rookie season this year if he gets the ice time That's the big question mark because Sagan and Ben coming back, they might be taking up too much ice time. But when Robertson was on that first line getting those minutes and on the first line power play, he was really, really showing that he uh, deserves to be up there. So I'm hoping that he gets that time again. I'm obviously biased because I have him in my fantasy league. Yeah, well, why
1: not play him with Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan on the first line for a few games or Rupe Hintz and Tyler Sagan on the first line for a few games, right? I think play him with those guys. He's shown that he can put the points up with someone like Pavelski I think with Sagan he's gonna be a weapon
0: yeah why not is a good question we should ask Rick bonus come on buddy just do it yeah he's a good guy uh give it a try we need some of this stuff so I think Khudobin is a consistent goaltender you know what you're gonna get out of him Ben Bishop's still in the IR but it's fine Hudobin and Ottinger were playing very well they were playing fine last year and I think and another year to get better did they break? yeah, they brought in Holtby this um, year.
1: One year, $2 million
0: deal. That's a bit of a roll of the dice for me because Holtby looked pretty bad in Vancouver. However, Vancouver <laughs> has a terrible defensive lineup. Yep. And the Dallas Stars have arguably the best defensive lineup. So,
1: and yeah, Vancouver was plagued with injuries too. So they were playing, you know, they, they were missing Patterson the whole season. Right. It, it was tough. It was kind of tough to watch. That, that was a shit season for Vancouver. Terrible.
0: Overall, I say that the Dallas Stars are probably trending up. I would say compare. Everything looks good and better compared to last year. And Ben Bishop
1: might be coming back. It's a big might, but he might be coming back. And if he does, that's another huge upgrade for them. Upward trending for Dallas.
0: This has been a good hockey podcast. We have been trending the divisions. Get ready for the Atlantic or the Metropolitan. One of those two are coming up next. Uh, insert social media plug here. Follow us on there or something. Or don't. It doesn't really matter at all um but subscribe to this podcast yeah get okay, back oh bye